Well, good morning, Reach Church. Y'all came ready to worship this morning. We could have kept going for a while on that. I'll be honest, it wouldn't have hurt my feelings either. This is good to be here today. And for you guys that this is your first time here, I am not Pastor Brian. But Pastor Brian is who I aspire to be when I grow up. It's a slow process. I'm about to turn 32 in about two weeks. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But I do want to take just a minute and just tell our pastors, thank you so much. Like was said already, we had a great year here at Reach Church. Yeah, go ahead. Give them a hand clap. They don't usually ask for much, but they are great, great leaders. And we should definitely recognize them for that. So many souls have been saved this year because of this ministry, because of this church. And we're just so thankful for you guys. One of them's not here. Being willing to, to accept the vision that God has for this house and for Centerton and run with it. And we're seeing great things in this community. I, I, I'm Jason. If some of y'all don't know me, I, uh, I make a lot of noise playing guitar, and sometimes I sing. Um, but just every once in a while, about twice a year, they have me get up here and preach a little bit. You know, Pastor Brian needs a little bit of a break from time to time, and I apologize if I rake my hair back. Just go with me, all right? Uh, I didn't want to wear a hat today. So, uh, but I am excited to get to preach to you guys today. God has given me a word, and it's one of those words that I had to preach to myself first. Yeah, those are always the best. Because I've learned so much through the last week, week and a half that I've been really digging into this story that we're going to get into here in a minute. And I, I think that it's just vital, vital information that each and every one of us could take with us. But before we get started, I want to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit, not only to help me to preach this the way that he pre preached it to me, but to help you to hear it the way that you need to hear it today. So Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. We thank you for what you've already done in this place. We thank you for the move of God we have already felt. And God, we ask that you don't stop now, God, but you continue to move through this place. God, I pray you just open every ear to hear the word that you are speaking. Not what I am speaking, but what you are speaking. And God, that you would help me to speak with power, boldness, and clarity today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've already kind of talked about it, but 2019 is getting gone. And I don't know about any of y'all, but I'm pretty happy to see it go. Anybody else? Yeah. It's pretty typical that when a new year comes around, we're usually ready for it, right? You know, I think that a lot of us could look back and we could see some good things that happened this year. Maybe some of you, I know there's some in here that you got married. Oh, so awesome, right? It's a good thing. And some of you guys have have had your first child, or your second child, or your third child, or if you're crazy enough, you might even have your fourth child by now. I ain't that crazy. And these are all good things, but I think as a whole, if we all would just think about it, we're happy that this year is going, and that 2020 is coming in new and fresh. Because you see, each and every year, we have a lot of battles that we have to face, right? Just because we're through 2019, doesn't mean that 2020 isn't going to have some battles for us as well. You know, I, every year just seems to be filled with battles. 
For instance, every year I battle not to get bigger than the year I was before. Some of y'all are fighting that battle with me. I ain't going to point at anybody, and I ain't going to call out names. But if you know me, you know that I'm about 20 to 30 pounds lighter in March than I am at this time of the year in December. Because I hit the keto train hard for about four months, and then I go on a cruise and I blow it. Let's just be honest. But I'm also in a battle with time. Every year I look in the mirror, and I see more wrinkles. And I see more weird spots that I didn't even know could show up on a human. And I see more gray hair. Somebody down here had to point that out for me. I told Jess yesterday when she was cutting my hair to get it all out. And I don't think she did. So I'm taking my tip back when I see her. But then there's always this battle to stay cool and hip and relevant, right? Nobody else likes to fight that battle? Look, I always wanted to be cool. Like Pastor Brian, he's older than me, but he's way cooler than me, right? Like I always just wanted to stay like cool. I wanted to know the lingo. I wanted to know like the the in clothes to wear. And now I see these youngins, and that shows you how old I'm getting. I'm calling them youngins. They're running around in clothes that I can't believe I wore the first time when they were in. My daughter, all she wants is Crocs. I avoided Crocs like the plague the first time they came around. But it's a battle. It's battle after battle. And now I know I'm just poking fun at myself. And I I do that a lot. You guys can laugh at me. You're not going to hurt my feelings. But if we really look deeper, we'll see a lot of people here that are battling some real battles. And none of them are anything to laugh at. We have some that are battling depression and suicidal thoughts. We have some that are battling with their self-worth. They're wondering if God truly does love them, why do they not feel loved? We have some that are battling for their marriage. We have some that are battling with neglect and abuse. We have some that are even battling just to stay alive. They're battling for their life. They're battling for their health and well-being. The fact is that battles are inevitable. We're going to face battles this next year. It doesn't matter that it's a new year. It's just an opportunity for a new battle or maybe even a continuation of the battle we've been fighting all along. Now, I want to take a look today at probably my favorite battle story in the Bible, and that's Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. Now, if you were raised in Sunday school, you already have the awesome Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho song running through your mind. But if you'll recall, when I preached in May, I sang way too much. So we're going to skip that today. But the Battle of Jericho was was a very important battle. It was actually the first battle that the Israelites fought with Joshua at, at the lead. It was actually the first battle they fought in their quest to claim the promised land, to claim that land of Canaan that God had already promised to them. And just like the Israelites, God has promised us things. He's given us land. He's given us victory over things. But we're not going to see those things without going through some battles. We're not going to see those things without going through some fights. In order to get a good look at this battle, I want to step back a little and look at what preparation took place before the miracle that most of us know about 
If you look back in Joshua chapter 2, in verse 1, it begins with Joshua sending spies to view the land. And the Bible says, especially Jericho. Now, I love this because Joshua knew one thing. He knew in order to fight the battle that was coming up, he had to know about the enemy. You see, Jericho was a walled city. It was surrounded by a big embankment. So there was like a stone retaining wall. And then on top of that, there was another wall that was 6 feet wide and 12 to 15 feet tall. Then, of course, the retaining wall was retaining a bank, so it went up even higher. And there was another wall on top of that. And at the crest of that bank was about 46 feet higher than where the Israelites were actually marking, marching. Sorry. So a rough guess would say that the wall was greater than 50 feet tall. Some of the stuff I read not only said that the, uh, the walls were six foot thick, so you have one down here that's six foot thick, you got one up here that's six foot thick, but also the space between those, the lower and the higher wall was about 15 feet. So roughly, you could guess that the wall was even 27 to 28 feet wide. Now, humanly possible, or humanly thinking, it was impossible to penetrate this wall. And to me and you, this would probably seem pretty daunting. And you would think that the people of Jericho would have felt safe. But we're going to pick up in our text here at Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. And in this very first verse, it tells us the truth about Jericho. It says that Jericho was bolted and barred shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one could enter or leave. Now, this seems hilarious to me. And I, if you know me long, I find a lot of comedy out of the Bible. That these people would be so scared. That they're behind a wall in a city that's so fortified as Jericho. That seems so big and bad and tough on the exterior. On the exterior. But internally, they're shaking in their boots. Or their sandals. Or their bare feet. I don't know what they wore back then. And the reason that was is because they knew that the Israelites fought with a power that not, was not of themselves... It wasn't of a human kind, but it was from the God of heaven. You see, now we too have an enemy, a Jericho, if you will. And contrary to what you may think, it's not your coworker. Guess what? It's not your boss either. Furthermore, it's not your spouse. Some of y'all ain't laughing because you believe it's true. But I'm telling you, it's not. Guess what? It's not even the policeman that pulled you over this morning because you were running late to church and you were speeding through, through Centerton because they will do that. It's not even that guy. But this is what the Bible says. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, This is not a wrestling match against a human opponent. We are wrestling with rulers, authorities, the powers who govern this world of darkness. And spiritual forces that control evil in the heavenly world. You see, we're not fighting battles against humans. And I could stop right here and preach for a while on 
how we waste so much of our energy fighting battles we were never meant to fight because we're trying to fight them against enemies that never have been enemies. But we don't have time for that because I do have a clock that's ticking down on me. But we are fighting our battles against Satan and his demons. Now, I know that sounds scary, and we've been believed, we've been taught to believe that the demonic realm is so scary. And just like Jericho, the enemy tries to make himself seem a lot rougher, tougher, meaner, and badder than he truly is. But I don't know about you, I'm tell a little bit on myself right now, but I like to watch a good UFC fight. And I know some of you guys are already judging. But trust me, we mute the post-fight interviews. If you do that and you, like, cut the picture out when the ring girls are coming in, you're okay. Ask the pastors, okay? They'll confirm it. But some of my favorite fights are the fights where there's this one guy that just thinks he is so tough. He walks in the ring all cocky. And throughout the fight, he does nothing but mouth, taunt, like saying, like, come on, come get you some, come get you some. And sure, 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 he, he may land a few blows. But I love it when his opponent lands that one blow that actually counts. The one that sends him to the canvas out for the count. And you see, a lot of times, that's what the enemy's doing to us. He's taunting us. He wants us to think that he's so much bigger and badder than he truly is. And let's face it, we've all been duped. Right? We've all quit on a fight because we thought we couldn't win. And he, he's pretty good at convincing us at times that we're defeated before we ever even take a swing. But I want to show you the truth that lies behind his external facade. James chapter 2, verse 9 says this. You believe there is one God? That's fine. The demons also believe that, and they tremble with fear. See, so many Christians lack this basic knowledge. That Satan and his demons are scared of you. Because of the power that you have inside by way of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus already defeated death, hell, and the grave. They know of his power. They know that there's nothing they can do to match his power. So deep down, they're afraid. Sure, they may put on a facade that makes you think that they're big and bad and tough, but they're afraid. My first point is this. Write it down. I know it's a little long. But don't look at your enemy and tremble. Instead, look at your enemy and know he's trembling. We have to change our view of our enemy in order to be able to fight, to fight effectively. Because you guys got to remember that even at the mention of the name of God's son, Jesus, all of hell goes into a frenzy. They're scared of you. Always remind yourself of that. Now, my wife, she is a social media queen, and she posted this wonderful verse, and I told her I had to use it today, that I couldn't see that verse and not use it today. So I just want to read this one to you that says it so well as well. It's Luke chapter 10. Verses 18 and 19, it says, Jesus replied, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all of my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power 
Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Church, I'm telling you today, it is time that we begin to walk in the authority and in the victory that Jesus has given us. You see, you can actually look back in a time in Israelite history where they were scared. You can look back in Numbers chapter 13, and Moses actually did something very similar that Joshua did. He sent out spies to view the land. And they come back with reports of walled cities. But the majority of the spies said, there's no way we could win. They were afraid. And what ended up happening is it postponed their victory for decades. It kept them from their promised land for years and years and years. Too many times we've looked at our battles and our enemy and trembled. And it's prevented us from fighting, from fighting a battle that God has already given us victory over. I want to encourage you to no longer allow fear to keep you from your victory or to keep you from your promised land. Let's read on. Chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 2 now. It says, But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Here we have Joshua. He's getting the instructions the uh, strategy, if you will, for the battle that's about to take place. Now, I don't know about you, but this does not seem like much of an attack plan. I mean, there's not even really a battle formation. When I think about them walking around a city, I'm just thinking of, like, the people in Jericho, like, just throwing rocks off the wall, throwing boards off the wall, shooting arrows. It's not really even a battle formation. There's not even, even a mention of, like, some type of Israelite-ish Trojan horse. Nothing like that. He gives them simple instructions, starting with the march. Now, I don't know about y'all. I would have found it pretty hard not just to want to start fighting. You show up to the city. They're barred shut. They're scared. You already know God's with you. Let's go. Like, let's get this going. And I think that rings true a lot of times in the battles that we are facing. Because you see, we've gotten so good in our lives at fighting. See, a lot of us grew up where we didn't get a lot of love and affection from our parents. So we fought our whole life for love and affection. You see, there's some of us that have never had anything to our name. So we fought our whole life to be prosperous, to have things. Let's face it, we've got pretty good at fighting. We fought through our whole marriage just to keep it together. It's just been constant fighting. So what happens is when the next battle comes, we just start swinging. When all along the way, God is wanting to give us his strategy. My second point is this. Trust his wisdom, not your experience. See, too many times we think we know how to fight the battles that come. Every time that I have a financial battle that comes, 
I go pick up another side job. I fight that battle way too much. And my wife and my close friends will tell you that I work way too much because I'm trying to fight a battle I don't need to be fighting. That wasn't even in my notes. That was free. (laughs) You know, we win this battle this way, or we win that battle that way, so we just think that that same approach should be taken for every battle. But instead, we need to lean on the Father and His wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says this, Trust in the Lord completely, and do not rely on your own opinions. We could take that word opinions out and put in experience. Don't rely on your own experience. And with all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. You see, at the beginning of this chapter, God tells Joshua, I have given you Jericho before the fight ever began. And see, he's given you victory over whatever you're facing. But it's up to you to trust him, to trust his wisdom, to trust his strategy for the battle you're facing so that you can see the victory that he has for you. I'm going to read on a little bit further here. Starting in verse 6. says, So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the the priests with the horns, and some behind the ark with the priests continually blowing the horns. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. I'm just going to stop right here just for a second because I could preach on this for a while too, but I don't have time. Some of y'all are still in a battle because you won't keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Sorry to suck the air out of the room, but it's the truth. Some of y'all need to quit talking. Start listening. Start marching. Start standing still if that's what God told you to do. We better read on. We'll skip just a little bit. So they do this for six days, right? They march around. We're going to pick up on the seventh day. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the loud blasts on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. So the Israelites did as God, as God had instructed Joshua to do. And here they are, they're at this, the moment where the victory is, is pretty much just imminent. But Joshua tells them to do one last thing. And that is to destroy everything. Otherwise... One could bring destruction not only on himself or herself, but also on the camp of Israel. Now this this really got me thinking. How many times has God given us victory in a battle, but yet we fail to destroy the very thing we were sent to destroy? How many times have we let 
things survive that only come back to get us again somewhere down the line. Now, I'm sure some of you can relate, and God may be bringing some things to your mind. The Holy Spirit may be bringing some things to your mind right now. But I, I do have a few examples, and I know there's many more. But just a few things that the Holy Spirit laid on my heart. Maybe you've battled in your marriage. But you've battled to get to such a much better state. But the very thing that was causing your demise to begin with is still lingering. Now, I don't know what that might look like for you. It may be someone that works way too much. It may be someone that's a completely absent when they're at home. It may be unhealthy relationships outside of your marriage. But until you destroy those things that are causing you the problems, it's just going to be a constant battle. Maybe you're one that battles with lust, and God has given you victory over it. But you continue to watch the same filthy, perverted things over and over again, rather than killing off the very thing you were sent to destroy. Maybe you've dealt with alcoholism, and God has delivered you. God has empowered you to overcome it, but yet you find yourself thinking, maybe another drink or two, it's not going to hurt anything. This is my final point, and it's simple, but it's true. Show no mercy. Destroy it all. We have become a soft, soft world. I mean, I, I could go on and on about that, but I ain't got time to do that either. We've become so soft that the very thought of violence scares us when God's saying, you got to cut some things off. you got to get some stuff out of your life. I've given you victory over this, and you keep giving it way back in. I believe there are a lot of battles that we faced are just continuations of previous battles because we refused to destroy every trace like we should have. Don't allow the enemy to convince you that holding on to something that was set aside for destruction is okay. Show no mercy and cut off anything that can cause you further harm. Now, I wouldn't dare finish today without reading about the miracle that was performed most of you guys know this, and it's a great, great, great story in the Bible. Like I said, one of my favorites. We're going to pick up in Joshua 6 in verse 20, and it says, When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with their swords. Men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys. They didn't show any mercy. See, God came through and gave Jericho to the Israelites just as he had promised because they stuck to the strategy that he gave them and to the wisdom that he gave them. I encourage you today to lean in to what God is saying for you in the battle that you may be facing right now. Now, you may be in between battles and you may not be fighting anything right now, but I guarantee you one may be coming. And, and you may, may be still fighting a battle you've fought for a long time. And maybe you just need to take a step back and reevaluate how you're fighting. Lean into his wisdom. If he says fight, then fight. 
If he says to march, then march. If he says to stand still, then stand still. I promise you that he will come through for you just as he did in the battle of Jericho for the Israelites. Would you stand with me? Now, there's a, there's a common thread throughout this story that I waited to the end to really get to. And if you would go back and read it, or maybe you've already caught on to it, you will see that there was something there with the Israelites throughout it all. And that was the Ark of the Covenant. You see, the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. And the presence of God was there with them throughout the entire fight. You see, he's there with you throughout the battle that you're facing too. He's been there before the beginning and he'll be there till the end, till you see your victory. And I think one of my favorite new songs that we are leading here, I think it says it so good when it says, I count it joy, come every battle because I know that's where you'll be. We can believe it without a doubt that the Holy Spirit is with us no matter what battle we may be facing. I just want to pray over each and every one of you real quick and just ask God to just to just to help you with whatever battle you may be facing. Lord, we we thank you today. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your goodness. God, we know your goodness did not end with the Israelites, but your goodness is even here with us now. And God, I just pray for each and every person, whatever the battle may be, big or little, a new battle or one they've been fighting for years. God, I just pray that you just be with every one of them. Remind them of the power that they have inside of them. Remind them of that scripture that says, greater is he that is in you, me, all of us, than he that's in this world. God, I pray that you would just download some, some specific strategy for each and every one of them. That they would be able to fight the battle the way that you want them to fight it so they can see the victory that you've already given them. And finally, God, I pray you just give each and every one of them the courage to destroy each and everything that's trying to come against them. God, we're believing for victory after victory after victory after victory in this new year. We thank you for the victory you already have waiting for us, God. We just pray, God, that we would just be so ever more grateful for each and every one. And God, that we would just continue to lean into you for your guidance. Now, we don't ever want to close up anything here without giving an opportunity for somebody to get to know Jesus. And, and maybe you're here and you're like wondering, you know, these people are crazy. And some of us are, but just, you get good and bad in all of them. So just, I'm just kidding. But part of the reason why we are the way we are because we know about Jesus and we know what he done for us. And we know the love that he has for us. And you can know that love too. And if that's you, I'm praying right now that God will just overwhelm you with his presence and with his love. But we wanna give you an opportunity to come and get to know him today. If you'd like to, just raise your hands and we will be praying for you. We will get someone to give you something today. Anybody, you can just raise your hand real quick and put it back down. Father, we just thank you again for your word. 
God, we thank you that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to be there for us, fighting with us and fighting for us. God, I just pray for a great, great year for this church and for these people.